0: I'm <laughs>
1: good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Back Porch Chandra. This is E5B, And i like for y'all to grab a blanket, grab a chair, cup a squat, sit anywhere. Get you some tea, some coffee, some water, some juice, some cola drink or something hot. Hell, it's three o'clock somewhere, get your drink on. Today is March 9th. After all these years, I still have an uh, empty feeling for March 9th. Before I get into that, I want to give a shout-out to my daughter-in-law. Today is her birthday. To Ray, happy birthday. And may you have as many blessings on this day every day of your life. Happy birthday, Ma. You deserve it. She gave me a beautiful granddaughter. She called, that's the granddaughter that called me Grandma Boo. I'm Grandma Boo. Hey, Grandma Boo. And we go to Starbucks. We don't do nothing that extra stuff. We, we, You know what? All my kids know Starbucks. My grandkids know Starbucks before they could even read. They'll point and be like, Gum Gum, Grandma, Grandma Boo, Ghetto Grandma. Everybody knows Starbucks. I should have followed my first mind back in the day when Saheed told me, you need to buy stock in it. I didn't listen. That was, shit, damn near, 20 some years ago. <laughs> but, um... Anyway. <clears throat> my mother had five children. She raised the neighborhood kids, but my mother had five kids of her own. Three boys, two girls. My brother, Horse, his real name is Donald. I'm Donna. My brother, Horace was... A brother that protected, right, no matter what, all of us, protected all of us. Even though he was the baby boy, he was, he took the role sometime as the big brother. Our folk were scared of him, you know, that's how we got our family name is because of him. And um, I remember the first time I had a kiss from a boy right, like a tongue kiss, and I was behind a handball court, and um, me and this student named Jimmy, right, it was Darcell's cousin, and I saw my brother walk past, and I was like, yo, be quiet, Shh. but my brother noticed, and he stepped back, and he was like, Donna? He smacked the shit out of Jimmy, I ran home. And he was, that's when he stopped calling me to kissing band. You kissing in the park. Oh, listen, anything that ever happened in my family, you got caught for it. That was your nickname for about a year. That was your nickname. And, um, oh my God, I left Jimmy right there in that park. I'll never forget that shit. Um, I remember when I was getting ready to date young guy right I ain't know who he was he had came there with um my brother horse and um young had asked him in the backyard yo who's that and my brother was like, yo that's my little sister like don't talk to her so young being arrogant sarcastic um he told my brother either I'm gonna talk to her now or I'm gonna walk you back to the so 164, and I'm going to double back and talk to her. So my brother threw his hands up and just was like, do what you got to do. And he came out in the front, and I just thought he was so amazing, his eyes. You know, um, his eyes to me were so amazing. And we started talking that day, you know, and we started dating. Uh, I was... 14 going on 15, he was 16 going on 17. He would walk me to school, come pick me up at school. I was going to 231. But then the fighting started. And a friend of mine thought she was doing me because I found out I was pregnant. And a friend of mine, you know, because it was me and him for, for a good little while, you know, and, um, Like, I wouldn't hang around my friends. But if I saw them, you know, like, what's up? I didn't turn my back on them or nothing. But, you know, I had a boyfriend. So, and we, we used to do stuff together. We'd go get something to eat. We'd go to movies and stuff. He was a pickpocketer, though. Right? The first round of me dating bad boys. Um, I remember he went to jail and came home. And, um. So my friend thought she was trying to make me feel like I was belittled. So she took me on something, right? Anybody know something in Jamaica, where the welfare used to be. And Young was there. Young was 17. Young was there. And he was nodding. He was sniffing dope. I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, because he never got high around me. And he was nodding. She was like, This is what you're going to have as a baby daddy. This is what you're going to have as a man. I was like, It just, it scared me. It shocked me. It, you know, man, I was going through so many emotions. It would, either which way, it would have, it still destroyed me. But it wasn't told to me or shown to me because I care about your well being. It was, Oh, you think you're better than us. So so I didn't confront him. I just I went home and um I prayed to my stomach. I did. I prayed to my stomach and you know, I was like, yo, I'll I'll give my life so you can you can be good. I'll give my life so you can be good. I prayed. I did. I prayed. I prayed to my stomach. I didn't know what I was having. Didn't know anything. Um, so when my brother, horse, found out I was pregnant, he went to go look for you. I'm happy he didn't find him, but he definitely went out there to go look for him. And he was hurt. He was, He was hurt, you know, when your brother had dreams for you uh, you know, you the little sister. And, you know, I had him. I was would come and bother him and wrestle with him and stuff like that. And he was like, don't have it no more. Uh, that was an understatement. So, me and man went to go see him. I was showing there. I was pregnant with Isha. I was showing in. And, um, we went to go see him. He said, you pregnant again? He said, man, you better have this baby until I come home. Thanksgiving was born. Thanksgiving was, I almost came home on the 26th. Right? No, the 27th. I almost came home on the 27th. The 28th was Thanksgiving. And the 29th, I had Isha. Yep, I almost came home on the 27th. The 28th was Thanksgiving. The 29th, I had Isha. Um, I was so, oh, my God, with Isha, I was evil, like evil. I was the most evilest person on the planet. My mother would laugh and say, "Um, that baby is going to be the sweetest baby in the world. But I was. I was evil. And I remember I wanted to fight everybody in the house because they stole the last piece of rabbit. But I don't who saved me a piece. He said, here with your evil ass, and when I had Isha, he just took a shine into her. For real. He did. He took a shine into her. Because Isha was born dark skin. As she got older, she grew lighter, but Isha was born black, blackest baby I ever seen. And um he took a shine into her. That was his child. I had Isha just fine horse. You know? And um he did. I think if she was a boy, he would have been even more ecstatic, but she was a girl. He would buy her Oshkosh, my gosh, and steal her and put her in the car. she come. He wasn't changing pampers, though. I don't fuck who you was, who kid you was. He wasn't changing pampers. He should come back shitty, and the day is low, full of ice cream and candy. I'd be sitting there like, you can't change her? No, take your stinky baby. <laughs> He'd come and steal her and take her downstairs with him. Yeah, yeah, that was his daughter for a good little while. Till he passed away. Um, I didn't have Didi and Shaba. My brother was my my right hand, my protector, my big bruh, my sparring partner, my fighter. My he used to always say, You gotta learn how to stand up for yourself. We ain't you gonna be around. Him and he used to be like, I'm not gonna always be around. And Barbara and Billy, which is my parents' name, they ain't going to be around neither. So you got to learn how to stand up for yourself. Because Robert and Denise, man, they ain't going to be standing up for you. He ain't never lied. Never lied. Um, I always tell everybody I remember everything from the day that he was looking for me, the day he died, for the life of me. I can't remember the funeral can't. I was drunk, though, but I can't remember it. Can't remember it. It's something when you lose a sibling. Something plays on a parent when they lose a child. You know that saying children bury the parents. Parents don't bury the children. But it's something when you lose a sibling and y'all all grew up together. It is something. Hard pill to swallow. You know. I always say if he was alive, I, I wouldn't have never moved in the South. I wouldn't have had no problems. I don't even think, I, I think I would have just had two kids. Um, he would, he would like I said, he was the big brother, but he wasn't the big brother. You know, you would see him coming. I remember when my brother, man, God bless the dead, comp got into it. And comp chased him in the house, and I was found out, and he went. Bobby said, "No, no, no." He sat at the table with comp mother and when comp walked, in, he says, "That easy, ain't it?" And comp looked. I remember when we would have conversations, the most memory things that I remember that I I saw my brother stand up by himself. That's what gave me that, that, that belief that no matter where you are, you have to stand up for yourself. So he had two friends that was in Rikers Island, Kip and Lonnie. And, you know, you can't visit two people, so I had to go and put money on Kip's books, and I almost went to go put money on Lonnie's books. So, you know, his enemies, we drove and you couldn't drive your car across the bridge to get to Rikers Island. So we would, you had to park your car and then jump on the bus to um, go over to the island. And then whatever house you go into, you are just dropping off money. So you don't really have to go through the metal detectors and all of that. So when we got over there, he saw his enemies. His main concern wasn't even for his life was making sure I was good. But I wouldn't worry about those people. I knew him from around the way. So, um, (laughs) and he did it so suave. You know, he didn't look and became nervous and was sweating or whatever. And they were like, yeah, we going to get you. Right? We in Rikers Island. He said, you ain't got to wait. I'm right here. And he was like, nah, wait till we get to the park. Like, he said, I'll do one better. (laughs) He said, you can do it right here. So I'm like, y'all better not say nothing to my brother. I'm popping shit. He was like, nope, nope, nope. He said, no, you shut up. You get on that bus and you go there. So we separated. Like, I didn't move until he got on his bus and I got on mine. And then once I was finished, I was hurrying up trying to get back over. And he was sitting there waiting. And we didn't see them. So I was like, come on, let's go. He was like, oh, wait, we ain't in no rush. I was like, no. He's like, you hungry? Like, he didn't even pay attention to none of that. So when we got there, we had to wait to get on the bus to get to the parking lot. And he was standing there. And there you saw the dudes from projects. They was there. He said, whatever y'all want to do, he said, let's be honest. I'll come to your house. Like, yo, we ain't going nowhere. And they was like, you lucky. So we was in the car. He said, always stand on your word. Don't ever let no one see you back down. If you, got the, if you got the heart to pop shit to people, don't fold when you see them. In other words, right? Don't fold when you see them. Keep that same energy, in, so to speak, like in modern times. Keep that same energy. Because my brother's been dead for over 20-something years. But keep that same energy. Don't fold. Don't fold under pressure. Don't. Don't um, change who you are. You don't need an entourage. You do better by yourself. And from seeing that and then having a conversation, I've always been places by myself. I go to Staten Island by myself, Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan. I go by myself. I meet friends, you know what I'm saying, and we talk or whatever. If I got beef, I take care of it. Get my ass whooped, I get my ass whooped. I'm coming back, and if I would take that win, I take that win. Either which way, but what you won't say is yo, she crumbled, she ran, she did no, no, I'm not doing that, cause I learned that from my brother, my big brother. You know, I remember when they tried to jump me in eight. I just need to get to the house. So I'm walking, the whole school walking behind me. I'm walking. My mother looked, she said, you better stand out there. My brother was like, uh, make it count. I said, okay. And me and Pam wound up fighting. Never forget it, Pam Houston. And then um, I remember they jumped me. I, have, I was in the bathroom at ISA, right? In the basement part. And that's where you used to sneak and go and smoke cigarettes. And... My friends. I'm down there with my friends. Niecy Kim, all of us. And all of them walked in. All the project girls walked in. Tanya, CMU's, all of them. And I'm a cold, cutcher, All of them. And my friends have left me. I tell you who stood by me. Constance, baby Y sister. Till this day, I still love her. I don't even know if she remember. I don't even care. I still love her. Because, you know, they was jumping me and they was trying to cut my hair. Because I had long hair. My hair was real long. And um, i never forget, she was like, get off her, get off her. She didn't know, you know, who I was at first. And when I went home, my brother was like, what happened to you? I said, yo, they jumped me. I said, you know, um, this girl, Constance, helped me. He said, say no more. We put on black hoodies. He said, I don't give a fuck. Where you at? When you see them, you better start wailing on them. With bats, I don't give a fuck. I sure did. I was catching them one by one. I didn't care. You know, so that let me know who's your friend. Who's your, who you think is your friend is not always your friend. They're not always be there. So you better, you better hold your own. You better hold your own. You better learn how to take a punch as well as, I remember my first fight. You know, it's different because my father and them, my brother and my father and them taught us, you know, like when you have your first fight, you got to see if this kid can take a punch. Because sometimes they'll fold. That's how you know. It's not the size of the dog. It's the fight that's in the dog. Right? So I had to take that punch, you know, and I kept punching back. Take that pain and use that shit to, to motivate you to go harder or sit down and shut up. Don't pop shit. So, uh, uh-uh. uh, you know, I remember fighting Ana sister. She did. She took that win. I ain't gonna lie. Regina got me. She got me. But years later, when I saw, her, I was like, Psh, "You ain't getting that no more, ma." You caught me. When I was thirteen years old. Nah, you, you not, you not gonna, you not gonna get that win no more. I, I, I done went through some. I was like, "You not getting that win no more." Mm-mm. She was like, I wouldn't fight you. I'll cut you. I don't give a fuck. You you only get one swing. You better make it good and make it count. You know? So my brother did. He taught me that. But he also taught me how to be respectful. How to look out for people. Yo, let me tell you. My brother, you could be online getting your groceries. And he had this thing where he hated to see people put food back. Because if you put it in your cart, that means you really needed it. That was his concept. He'll be at someone's house, and if their kids didn't have a TV, the next time he come, he bring in the TV. Like, you didn't have to ask him for anything, you know? Um, when he was going with Nate, God bless his dad, I remember when I was for a fight, and Nate would come. She would hear him fighting. She would come around the corner and be standing side by side with him. They both fighting whoever. And he will he'll be fighting the dude to try to push Nate out the way. And Nate would be like, what you doing? I'm fighting with you. I remember his first girlfriend. Ah oh, man. I I was like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't let him fight by herself. You know? Um, but he always had that. Any any chick that was with him, you know, they stood they stood ten toes deep. But he was also the type of dude that if you couldn't um help your kids heal. He'll do his best and do what he could. He even bring him to the house. Tell my mother, like, yo, they don't have no food. You know. So he was that dude because he had a soft side. You know, but not everybody got to see that side. You know, that's why my mother was like, when he got killed, he got killed down in Baisley. And they had to, my brother was the type, you couldn't even just walk up on him. So they had to use a female to walk up on him. And, you know, they shot him nine times, mostly in the head. And um, my mom was, like, standing out there. She said, y'all could have just broke his leg or something and let him come home, not kill him. And um, she did. She yelled out. She said, I can be dead and gone. She said, this building, because he got killed there in front of the liquor store, Carmichael's. She said, I can be dead and gone, but this building won't stand. She said, no. She said, my baby died. Here. Child robot here. Car Michaels is not a Dollar Street. <laughs> Ain't nothing left of that. Man, he died right there in the door. He did. And he was loved, he was, by so many. He was everywhere. My brother would be everywhere. He'd be in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Bronx. Him and man, my brother, man, both brothers, they would fight. I'd fight to the death if they could. But you couldn't jump in. Couldn't jump in because they'd jump you. And it's always been like that. Every time with siblings in my family, it's always been like that. My daughter and my son will fight. Isha and Daquan will fight. They argue with each other and fight. But don't let nobody else jump in. Cause then they gonna jump you. Isha and Samantha will fight each other. But don't let nobody else jump in, cause they gonna jump you. Like, wait, what? <laughs> Why are you getting in our business? Like, it's always been that way. Me and my brothers can argue till the death, but don't let nobody else get involved. We we'll look at you and be like, What? What? My mother and her sisters. You know, their mama and, and them. So, it's always been that way with us. Like, that's, that's our trademark. <laughs> that's so funny to us. We always laugh about that. But it is, you know. We had to learn how to recalibrate our life without our brother being there. It's never a good thing, you know. And today is the day. And, um. But I learned a lot of lessons just by him and growing up. I remember and he definitely kept his word. I don't give a fuck. Once he once he told you something, that was it. It was no turning back, it wasn't no softening. I remember he said, anything I buy you, if you allow Denise, my sister, or my brothers and them to take it, he ain't worried about it. he taking it back, he ain't never giving it. So one night I was partying. Man, me and Carol, we was partying. We was out in the street just hanging out. And I came in and I put my earrings on the dresser. Usually I put them in the box and put them up. But that, you know, I put them on the dresser. I was knocked out. My sister came to my room and was putting my earrings on. I was woke up, he said, didn't I tell you? And he took my jewelry back from me. I didn't get it back. Don't get it twisted. I didn't get it back. But nothing in the world. I didn't give it back. When he, when he stood on something, he stood on something. i said, if he gave you something, he gave it to you. he see it with somebody else, you ain't got to worry about that. And he would come up to IS, to Jackson and come and get us some time. Me and Carol would also be so happy because this was his thing. He'd have his money on his dresser, and I'd come downstairs and be like, I oh, don't you got some money for me so I could go to school because I was going to Jackson. And he'd be like, take what's on the dresser. And I remember one time I took everything. Like I had $100 bills in 20s. He said, take what's on the dresser. That motherfucker was waiting outside for us because we was planning going on the avenue to go shopping. Be a car with us. And he came up there, he said, I ain't taking you to take all of that. He's like, give me, give me my goddamn money. And he gave us $100. He was like, here, we'll buy y'all something. And he dropped us off on the avenue. We got in the car and dropped us off. He was like, don't get in no goddamn trouble. I was like, okay. We went on the Avenue and went shopping and came back home. Um, but that that was it, you know? That was it. That was it. I never forget I had Dougie Darrell. All of them was on the step. We was just chilling, sitting on my step. And I said, whoever there need a job? And they was like me, he was like, get in. So Dougie Darrell, all of them, they went and got in the car. I was I was like, yo, you taking my friends. These my friends. He was like, shut out. They all became my brothers, and one way or another, they became my brothers. And my mother would feed everybody, you know. Till this day, Darryl, always gonna be my brother. Dougie always gonna be my brother. You know, baby James, all of them. They all my brothers. Um. But he did. Kip will always be my brother. All of them. Um. But they did. They did. They would they would do and, and be there. But he did. He made sure people were people were together. Like he, he believed in family. You know? And that was the beauty of that part. He has two sons. Remy looked just like him. Donald act like him. He do. And I had, to, I had to apologize to them because, you know, that's my brother. I never wanted to share him with anyone. And for a, a long time, I wouldn't even talk to his kids. Like, no. And I had to tell them I love them. I love them unconditionally, you know. But it does. And we do. We overcompensate. And then when my daughter got pregnant, Isha. The one he loved, out of all of the kids that's in our family, he should only one that had a baby on his birthday. I never forget. I went up there. It was I was sitting there, and she said, "Oh, I'm gonna have this baby after 12." I said, "My brother blessing you. You had this baby today." She did before 12 midnight. She had best friend November 1st. That's my brother's birthday. My brothers and sisters and all of them came to make sure Aisha was okay because she's the only one. And she'll let people know, let the cousins in them know. Don't have no baby on November 1st. I was the only one to have I would push you down the stairs. I would, <laughs> I would trip you. And, you know, but he did. He did. He had a love for Aisha. He really did. He would go up there and steal out the crib. I'd be waking up like, what well, my goddamn baby? Papa, you got my baby? No. You better find that baby. It's a baby, like. And who downstairs? They sleeping on the bed. She laid out on the cover, and he got her. I said, give him my goddamn baby. I'm thinking about it. And then one time, we left all the kids with him, and he used to have these two statues of Black Panthers. I don't know which kid broke it. He broke them all to the park to be entrusted. Take your goddamn kids. He's like, take them, take them. was like, what? I thought you wanted the the Said, No, take these goddamn kids. But we did. We did. We were, we were raised a family of, of happiness. i never forget when um, Master threw hot tar on my brother. So, in his arm, it was pinkish. You know, my mom was ready to kill Master, for real. You know, um, threw it right on him. Like it was a-okay. Every day I miss him. And believe it or not, he spoke. He When um, when I was going through my initiation, listen, it's March 9th, right? I got crowned March 18th, <laughs> nine days later. I was going through my initiation. There's a ceremony before you go. And they all spoke and said, we got to be there because we don't trust none of these people. So we got to be there. That's why I told my son, I said, When you have your Misa, trust and believe. True one, she gonna speak. That lady is gonna speak. So can't nobody come and tell me, Oh, this and this. Mm-mm. When I was at my godmother's house, mm-hmm. the old man did. He said, Your mother's here. That was the first time I had met him. It was me and my twin. We had our um our Misa. He said, Your mother's here. And he described her to a T. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, she here. And then when we was yavuses, he said, Your mother's here. He said, you know, y'all y'all have the red dirt he calls the red dirt people. And um he saying your brother and even in Balo. He said your brother 'cause I was I was doing a lot of hustling. And, um, shit, I was, you know, I was, I was trying to make money. I had a family, you know, I got grandkids. I got my kids, you know, so, and he said, yo, your, your brother don't want you to die like he did. He said the one that was shot and they put all the places, I, I got my follow book, all the places where he was shot at. And that's when I was like, yeah, this shit is real Because cont- I ain't know these people. My brother been dead then. was like, what, 15, 16 years? I said, okay. So. But he was, to me, he was the world's greatest brother. You know, me and him. Me and man became close after my brother died. Because he used to be me and I Man was the one I'd go to when I wanted to learn how to smoke weed, do something crooked, I would go to my brother man. And, like, when I first started smoking cigarettes, and I started smoking weed, I did that with man. Um, But, um, you know, when stuff had to be right and exact, I would go to Iron Horse. And man had kids, so I wouldn't ask him for money. Iron Horse, I was like, you got some money. (laughs) So I was his kid. And when he died, me and man came close. We did. We became close. We became close, like, when... um, when maybe a week before i was died because i went out there and hang with man and he was like what you doing i was like i almost got on my nerves and he was like all right and we was going we went to a story of me him and carol and duke and then we went to the movies we was getting something to eat i saw courtney courtney was like yo your brother's looking for you right this he said your brother's looking for you i said nope i'm mad at him because You know, I thought he was cursing out me and Carol, but he wasn't. And um, I was like, nope, I'm mad at him. And Courtney was like, "Yo, your brother looking for you. He was like, you know, he said, you know your brother love the shit out of you, man. He said, that nigga love you. And I was mad at him. And I never had the chance to talk to him and see what he wanted or anything. And, um, we, we was on our way to Tressie's. In Harlem, Tressie came out, was like, horse got shot. She was pregnant with Charlie. And um, we took a cab because Chris came up there. I was dating Chris then. Chris came up there and we took a cab. Chris paid for the cab from Harlem to Queens. And we ran down to Baisley, Daryl and us. And he was laid right there. And I was just shocked. I was shocked. And the dude stood in the middle of the street like a fallen soldier had died. But I was shocked. I was shocked to see my brother laying there at first. I was like, that ain't my brother. And um, I never got a chance to talk to him. And I remember, you know, um, it maybe a, a, two years later, I saw Namako. And Amico was like, you know, I was hanging with your brother before he died and he just kept on saying, you know, he loved you. you was little sister and stuff. And it eased me because, you know, I thought he was mad at me too. And I thought he was arguing with me. She was like, no, she said, that's why he was looking at you, let you know, you know, he wasn't arguing with you. So that eased me a lot because I was carrying that guilt. You know, when you're young and you lose a brother, you know, um, he got, he died March, <laughs> it's crazy, he died March 9th, my mother buried on March 16th. Mine tonight is Teresa's birthday, March 16th is my grandson Extra's birthday. November 1st is, um, his birthday and best friend's birthday, and, um, You know, all these are ishik's kids. So, um, like he's always going to make his presence known in her life. And I'm forever grateful for that. You know, um, he always looked out for me, even in death. He did. He did. That's one thing I, uh, I got up this morning, I lit the candles. You know, I told them I love him, and I'm doing this podcast in memory of them. We always have to honor our dead, honor those that are alive. And guess who I have in my house early this morning? Isha's kids <laughs> on this day, and they'll be back on my Santo birthday, March 18th, you know, because I like wine, all of them, and you have the kids here. You know, I'll create, make some food and, you know, give them, give to the saints and play some music and say thank you and light the candles and, you know, kind of decorate it up for seven days in honor of, and then move on. Because I'm forever grateful. I am forever grateful. Every day of my life, I'm grateful. So, I am. I truly am. But, um, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. And, uh, I always get tongue-tied on this day, too. But the lesson is, To remember. To remember. I'm not in pain. It's just that, you know, I remember all the times of growing up and hanging with my brother and just making sure he was good. And he's making sure I'm good, make sure his family's good. You know, and watching over us. Watching over us. That was his, that was his job. Even in death, still his job. You know. Sibling bond doesn't break, even in death, doesn't break, <laughs> does not break. Um, especially when it came to Barbara's kids, at bond ain't breaking. We gonna stay together, and you know, that that song by Kendrick Lamar, "We Gonna Be Alright." <laughs> that, that's just in my head, like. No matter what's going on in my life, in my brother's life, and man's life, and Denise's life, I just hear that song, Kendrick Lamar today. We going to be all right. And that's it. That's it. My mother, when she passed, before she passed, she said, bury me with my son. Bury me with my baby. Because I was like, ma'am, you want to go back to New Orleans? She said, nope. Bury me with my son. I want him to be by himself. both of them are buried in Rockville Cemetery. And now my aunt, because before, you know, my aunt said, bury me with my sister. I don't want to be without my sister. So all three of them in Rockville Cemetery. Right down there going straight down Jamaica. Rockville Cemetery is where they are. My mother didn't want to be out in Jersey and out in Long Island. She was like, no, no. Put me where y'all can. I want to be close. Don't send me somewhere far. She's in Rockville. My brother's in Rockville. And my Aunt Pat is in Rockville. I so I ain't mad at you. So, that's how that is. And, um, at the end of the day, oh gosh, my eyes, um, watering. But anyway, today I want you to honor... I'm not gonna keep you long. This won't be a whole hour. Today I want you to honor your ancestors. Whatever family member you were close today, honor them. Play music. Play their songs. Um play um play games. Tell stories of their life. Share about them. Share. Let their memory and their name last, you know, be remembered. Tell the kids, the grandkids, the great-grands. Share with them. Don't let their memory and their name die. Share with them. Do something in honor of them. Something they would do. Every year I would go and retrace my father and me around the holidays. And I always wound up being in front of Santa Land and stuff like that. Because of COVID, it stopped. But I was like, once the world healed, I'll be back doing it again. And today I have my grands ready to get up and make them breakfast. Cause they sleeping. You know, us is us is gonna have breakfast. I love when they talk to me. Us is gonna have breakfast. Come up, come, come on. When they walked in yesterday, I said, don't touch my leg why? He said, I not, I not, I not. We went down to Dee, Dee House, and he was like, come on, I'm ready to go. we going upstairs. And we watched Cantu, and we watched, I let them see Mary Poppins. <laughs> um, I'm going to let them see The Wizard of Oz. That was my brother's favorite movie, The Wizard of Oz, especially amongst the lollipop kids. Um, and uh, we're going to go and get some, let them go to Five Below real quick and get them something. some candy, and then come back and make something to eat and just relax. So, we'll be on a venture today if it don't snow. They say it's supposed to snow up here today. I'm not really sure. But, um, I thank you for listening. I give a shout out for listening. And for the young lady that hit me up and was, you know, Listen, the spiritual community is a great community. I would never say otherwise. We always focus on those handful of those that misuse, abuse, and we highlight them. And it does scare new people that's coming in. But I will say the spiritual community is a beautiful community. And we need to start changing the narrative and focus on those that are doing positive and amazing things. Like Kate. Juan G, you know, David Sosa, just so many that do. Willie Willie Ramos, um, Frank Bell, you know, Martha Vega. It's so many, so many. And if I don't say names, like my godfather, Ifai, today, um, Bembecito, you know, the twins, Tony Yamaya for the dancing, and just, it is so many people. And for y'all new ones that are following, my godfather shared the story with me, and I want to share it with y'all. And I know maybe some of y'all may have heard this story before, but it's something to think about while you're beginning on your spiritual journey, because we tend to look at everything. And he told me this. He said, a man went to his godfather, to the Bible and said, listen, I'm leaving your house. And the Baba was, like, confused. Like, why? He said, because, you know, you got people that's robbing people, people that's having sex with each other, people gossiping, people fighting, people doing just, you know, talking about each other, just everything. So Baba La said, okay. He said, okay, he said, I can understand that. He said, but before you leave, can you do me a favor? Just do me one favor. So the guy said, whatever, you know, whatever you need, Baba because it's not you, it's everybody else. He said, I want you to get a bowl, but he called it a hicketer. He said, I want you to get this bowl, and I want you to fill it to the top with water, and I want you to walk around this house three times. The catch is, don't drop the water, but I want you to walk around this house three times without dropping one drop, and then come back and tell me. And if you're satisfied, then I'll let you leave the house. Like, yo, you can go, and there's no remorse. There's nothing. So the guy said, okay. So he filled the bowl up and he went around the house three times, three times. Came back to the Baba Lau. Baba Lau said, Hey, answer me a question. While you were walking, did you see anybody gossiping? He said, No. He said, Did you see anybody fighting? He was like, No. He said, Did you see anybody, you know, having sex and doing all of that? He said, No. He said, Why? He said, I was focused on my water. You told me don't miss a drop. Like, don't let it drop fall. So I was more focused on that. He said, and that's what spirituality is. Focusing on your own bowl of water. Yes, a lot of people are doing a lot of things. Yes, a lot of people may do some scamming, may do this, may do that. We're not Christians. People come broken. But it's up to Egon and Orisha to change them, not us. Our job is to give them as much healing and as much nourishment and as much just living your life right. Not to bash, not to drag, not to criticize, exclude. It's not our job. And spirituality don't have a color, believe it or not. It's not just for white. It doesn't belong to one set. It doesn't belong to Spanish people. It doesn't belong to black people. It belongs to everyone. A ruler went all over the world to teach of Odoo. There's a a saying, right? Ifah speaks of every religion, but every religion doesn't speak of Ifah. Sad, but true. So for y'all new ones that are starting out, focus on your own water for now. Focus on you, your household, your children. Focus on your community. If you go to the supermarket, if you're going to the bank, if you're going anywhere in your community, pray for those people when you mow you by. Pray for those people when you say your prayers and you go to your altar. Because these are places you also go to. Pray for your community. Pray for your family. Pray for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grand. If you don't have kids, pray for yourself. Pray for your lover or your partner. Or even for your future partner that's coming. Pray that they come on a firm foundation and healed. But don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Worry about yours. And that is the beginning of your spirituality. So I can't sit and say the spiritual community is messed up because there's some great phenomenal people that are doing exceptional things. It's not robbing people. It's not scamming people. No, but we're all not perfect. We're human. One day I may be sweet. The next day I I might curse your ass out. Don't put me on a pedestal. I tell folks that from the door. Don't put me on nobody's pedestal. Because today you love me. Five minutes later, you might want to just wring my throat or or stab me in the back. I'm good. All I'm doing is sharing my life experience with you. That's it. That's all I'm doing. And I want you to take that and know that, as Oshun told me, don't complain. Because anything you're going through, somebody else went through. But Oshun told me anything I'm going through, she went through first. So don't complain. And I don't. I get angry. I feel my emotions. I'm not going to ignore them and put them in a pot. No. If I let you know I'm in a bad mood, I'm in a bad mood. Respect that. If I feel you are taking advantage of my, my niceness, I'm going to let you know. And if you have limited access to me, trust me, you, you, you set that bar up, not me. So, today I want you to honor your ancestors. Today, don't focus on your problems. Focus on solutions. Stop worrying about your problems. We all got those. How are you fixing it? I'm not a woe's me type of girl. And I don't understand why people think I'm that way. Oh, woe's me. That's not me. That's not even in my caliber. It's not my character. It's not not me. Don't woe's me. Because I don't woe's nobody. I got somebody to talk to, complain to. I, I, I got a whole crew in here. And they get the job done. Or at least. I love it when Morgan Freeman says, when you pray to God to have strength, does he give you strength? Or does he put you in a situation where you can be strong? And that's what they do. If I pray for something, they don't give it to me. They give me the opportunity to show that whatever you're praying for, you already have in you. That's real talk. You already have those tools and you're already capable of doing it. The only thing that stops us and limits us is fear. Fear. Fear of what people think. Fear of failure. Fear of success. Uh, that's our limitation. We we put too much focus on what people outside of ourselves think about it. That's why I tell people, I, you ain't outworking me. I'm too fucking hard-headed. But as always, this is Bobby Ann's Baby Girl saying it's been a plum pleasing pleasure. Catch me tonight on YouTube uh, doing conversations with e Bayo. And I do, I want to apologize. I don't know what was going on with the internet, but this Sunday we have Sunday's best. And know that classes are still available, you know, to um, sign up for the six-week course. It's amazing. I'm happy. I'm happy to have it. I'm happy to be a part of it. And for all those that were in Patreon and got their reading, it was amazing. It was. It was beautiful. I give thanks to everyone. And, and I, I met an old friend that I haven't seen. And I didn't even know she was following me on Patreon. So I am. I'm happy to be a part of a village that is growing and where we point to each other and where old friends meet each other again. So, if you're not on Patreon, follow me. Become a a member. We have tiers that fit your budget. And we have perks that you get. So, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And blessings to you, each and every one of you. And don't forget, honor those that have now went on to join the elders. Give them light today. Wake Up Wednesday, as always.